Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name's Joe Kuzma. Joining me to my side, my colleague, cohort, and companion, and one Mr. Brian E. Roach. Brian, what's going Compan- on, my friend? Companion? Companion. Companion. Uh, you know, we have to talk to HR about some of the language you use. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, and this guy said things I cannot repeat <laughs> about one minute before we uh, started this show. So it's Ravens week, Brian. Week five of the NFL season. And I can't say I am too terribly excited for it. <laughs> Actually, I'm like, I am, uh, quite frankly, I am terrified at the prospects of what this game could end up being. It looks like, uh, for all intents and purposes, I guess the injury report's the biggest thing if we're going to jump and dive right into this head first for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's do it. Yeah, let's yes. do that. Yes. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at, uh, let me pull it up. I got to, they have upgraded Kenny Pickett to a full participant in practice as of Thursday. Obviously, Friday practice still around the corner. Man, let me tell you that much. Not only were we terrified that Kenny was going to be out multiple weeks, but with a bone bruise on his knee, it looks to be like full, they're, they're prepared to play him Sunday, yes. which I'm hoping, I think part of the thought process here, this is like, it's kind of goes counter to everything with Mike Tomlin before, like Ben Roethlisberger would play like all the time, like Ben yes. Roethlisberger. He's like the, um, like, what is that? The black Knight in Monty Python, or it's, it's like, it's merely a flesh wound. And it's like, you got no arms. And Ben's still going to go out there and here, I'll chew your knees off. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at. Like usually with Ben Roethlisberger, but I mean, Ben had his times and his moments where he would be, he would they have to shut him down so he could at least get healthy. And you look around the league, no. like the Bengals had not shut down Joe Burrow. They're one in three. They got by a very boring, very bad first half of football and actually have a victory against the Rams. And from there forward, I mean, it's just like, it has been good. They haven't shut down Joe Burrow, and I don't know if and when they ever will be, and that guy just can't get enough rest or help, or, or, or break to get healthy. Now, with Kenny Pickett, I think at least in this situation, you got a bye week after this, so whatever soreness or whatever, maybe that's the reason they're not completely uh, going to shut Kenny down for this game, and they feel, obviously, that Kenny gives them the best chance to win, so it's uh, full steam ahead, and... Just uh, kind of hoping for the best because if he takes enough shots, he got knocked out of the first one of these games, his first uh, encounter with the Baltimore Ravens, also a home game that had to be finished by Mitchell Trubisky, who didn't fare very well against this same team when he saw action. Let's go back to what you just said. They believe mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett gives them the best chance to win. Now, I agree with that statement. I agree Kenny Pickett, of the quarterbacks on the roster right now, gives them the best chance to win. I don't know that even that is a good chance, though, um, with what we've seen thus far. Yeah, and uh, man, I'll tell you, there's people that still want to, they want to ride. 
Let me tell you. I haven't had my chance to rant about the the travesty of the last game. Oh my goodness! Well, you called but it. I, you I called did. it. I did. Right now, before this season even kicked off, Brian said that that this was going to be uh, it could be a tough game. And I, I man, I, I look at all this, the tra- travel back to back, like playing different time zones, blah blah. I mean, the Texans really had the game plan. You would think that their offensive line, like I, I was just, uh, I was actually talking to what, Terry. What did I, what did I say? Yeah, in, in the pregame, I said, I do not want to hear about the car getting lifted off the kid because the mom is having soup. Like, I don't want any of those things, but that's exactly what happened. And the second thing I said was, if they cannot get pressure and rattle CJ Stroud, he will pick them apart. And he picked them apart. What I didn't anticipate was that a team with no running game would be able to run all over them. (laughs) Yeah, man. And that doesn't fare well when you're looking at the Baltimore Ravens on the other side of the football field who are still primarily a run team, uh, bad replace their bad play caller, uh, formerly Greg Roman with the new OC, Todd Monken. And uh, there's some weird things here though. Baltimore, they are averaging 24.8 points per game. Okay. They're, uh, but they're also giving up, uh, they're giving, and they're giving up third fewest in the league as well. But some of that is byproduct of who they played. I mean, they're three and one. You can only play who's been put in front of you. So Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson, the backup quarterback rookie playing for the Cleveland Browns last week. That was just, boy, that was a rough game to watch. If you thought that the Steelers and Texans were as well. And they did not watch that game. They got Stroud in his first ever start as a rookie uh, at home against the Texans for week one. They went to Cincinnati they eked out a victory by three points there as well. Then they lost in overtime. Real aberration here to Gardner Minshew and like and Zach Colts, Moss, yeah. a bunch of backups with the Colts. But that uh, and that was at home too. They lost in Baltimore that game. Come back and beat the Browns here, twenty-eight to three. But they were only able to put nineteen on the Indianapolis Colts. So there might be some hope here. They they're amidst a three-game. Uh, road uh series here and guess what next week they got to go overseas and play the tennessee titans after this one and this is following playing the browns i mean the browns are still punching them in the mouth the browns were still playing some defense baltimore finally broke open toward you know in the second half of that game and you know put some distance between them uh on the scoreboard but it's still a dangerous team you got lamar jackson you have to contain and it's a run oriented offense as I was starting to say, getting into some of this, they're 26 still in passing, 183 per game. Would you believe that the Steelers are actually ranked just ahead of them in passing offense? So that tells you how bad the passing offense has been. Now, that goes without saying. They haven't had Odell Beckham Jr., who they paid a lot of money for. He hasn't been on the field a lot. Rashad Bateman, those guys might be back into play when we jump back to this injury report in a moment. But they're also fourth in the league running for 151 yards a game compared to the Steelers who are 29th. So the Steelers are 25th and 29th categorically, categoristically. I'm going to make up words today. And um, okay. and then, of course, they're third against the pass and seventh against the run. So the defense has been getting it done. Again, some of that byproduct of who they've played, but everybody they played, I would say, 
has looked better than the Steelers offense so far. And the Steelers defense has not looked good of uh, giving up 254 pass yards per game, 26th and 148 rushing yards per game, which is 29th in the league. They're in pretty much the seller when it comes to any kind of offensive categories. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it is, we allow ourselves to get fooled, right? When you think about it, you know, the first game was a disaster. They looked horrible. They had one nice drive. Uh, the second game, they they won, but primarily because the defense outscored them, right? Outscored the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the offense really had one nice drive. I don't know how the, the Raiders must be a really terrible team. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's the only thing I can get at, right? The Raiders must be god-awful. Uh, and then we get to Houston, and again, you know, Kenny put together basically a, one drive that was a nice drive that then Matt Canada ruined. But, uh, you know, if we <laughs> want to. If we want to talk about that, we can. But well, I don't, two, I don't well, really two they ended up kicking a field goal on the doorstep yeah. because George, there were, there were, yeah. This team as a collective has not played well at all as yeah. a collective, no, offense or defense. Not. And no. when you have one individual bonehead, you can't make up for it when you've got three or four other boneheads in the same game on the same side of the ball. I'm talking about like, you know, George Pickens doesn't haul into one pass for a touchdown, doesn't turn and run up field for a first down. That's how you end up in the fourth of one play. Yeah. You had injuries that happen, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, it's not like the Steelers defense wasn't getting they The guys were getting, they were winning. Keanu Benton is now a co named a co-starter here. TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, they were still winning, but that ball was coming out like real fast, right? Oh, absolutely. And and the the secondary's just getting shredded. So you got to see some changes there. I I I want to focus before we start about talking mm-hmm. about all that. I, I do want to focus this on Kenny Pickett because I I want to I want to tell you that I am I am falling out of love with Kenny Pickett. Not that I was ever truly in love, but I I at the end of last season I said, look, I'm going to give him credit for the last minute drives. Game-winning drives that shows some moxie, but then I went back recently because of the what I've been seeing this year. Then I went back to last year because remember they weren't blowing anybody out, no. right? They're eking out wins, but they weren't blowing anybody out. And what I what I'm pretty sure I'm seeing is that Kenny's in combination with Mister Canada. Uh, Good, they're good for like one drive a game, <laughs> right? Maybe two, and that's about it. The rest of the time is just going to be terrible. Uh, the play calling is going to be pedestrian at best. It's going to be transparent. It's going to be obvious what's coming, and they're just going to do poorly. They will have one drive where, I, I don't know, either the defense is like, oh, well, uh, you know, we don't want him to look that bad, and we'll take a little pity on him. I, and that bothers me. So I, I, I'm just, I am not at all convinced that they can beat the Ravens uh, in this instance. I, I mean, it's different. Look, here's the thing. It's the Ravens, right? And it's going to be a tight game, assuming that we can stop the run a little bit. Um, and they will probably get to Lamar Jackson 
much more so than C.J. Stroud, because Lamar, if he's going to throw the ball, he does not do what C.J. did, right? He's not going to release the ball a second and a half after he gets it in his hand. He's going to look, he's going to look, he's going to look, and then T.J. will have a chance to get to him. Alex will have a chance to get to him. Benton will have a chance to get to him. We'll have a chance for linebackers to come up and, and do different things. That's a, the, one of the we are better designed to play this team than we were designed to play the Houston Texans with the way that things just shape up. So we'll see. But I mean, anybody that that feels confident in this game, I think is is uh, needs to tell me which dispensary they're going to and what they're smoking so that I can make sure I get some. Smoking, drinking, possibly snorting and injecting, and probably all at the same time. Uh, you can't feel – see, I don't think the whole season is at a loss with some of the panic that people feel, fire everybody. Let me talk about that real quick. I think the Matt Canada decision, fire or no fire, has already been made. Oh, I'm we, sure it has. Yeah, so if he gets fired, it's after this game regardless of result. If he's going to be oh, in for the long haul yeah. – He's in ben, for the rest of the season. Nothing will happen. Nothing, nothing will happen yeah, next agree. Monday. That's what I feel, though, that because if it doesn't happen, you know, Monday, well, home game, Sunday, will he be relieved at like 405? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But you would expect probably like a Monday thing. Everyone was like hanging on Tomlin's words with the press conference on Tuesday. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's crazy. not going to say that in a press conference. It's not Mike Tomlin that it's Omar Khan is the general manager. If it becomes fire. so egregious, I mean, it's pretty egregious right now. Like there were there were play calls in that Houston game that just have yeah. no, they're unconscionable. You texted right? me and you said, yeah. this is the first game for sure. A hundred percent. This is on Canada. And I, what texted you back and I was like, yeah. bingo or exactly or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's, if it becomes even more egregious, regardless that they, they may their hand may get forced right but if he can figure out a way to be pedestrian right to be adequate <laughs> then he'll make it through the rest of the season unless unless they've already decided the bye week is the end of his tenure which mm-hmm. is very viable and possible right it doesn't it really doesn't make sense to bring a guy in for ravens week no. and say okay now you're the oc this week uh, nice, nice present. It's the Ravens, and then you'll have a bye week. If they're gonna let him go in season, it'll be during the bye week. If they don't, then it's unlikely that they let him go this season, and he just parts ways at the end of the season. But it's all you know, unless, like I said, unless it becomes so bad that no one can, you know, you just can't. Well, yeah, that's where I'm at with this. Uh, for most that don't know, they've already been involved with this playbook and et cetera, et cetera, for this offensive coordinator being Matt Canada. You have a whole training camp. You have all those days that you're out at St. Vincent's College. You have three preseason yeah. games, and now you're entering week five of the NFL, your fifth game. So the playbook just doesn't go in the dumpster and get lit on fire necessarily, but the next guy, whoever that may be, and we surmise Mike Sullivan, the current quarterbacks coach, former offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants, 
would be the likely successor. Does that mean he gets promoted within and he's the offensive coordinator for 2024? Not going to say all that either, but as far as an interim basis and somebody that's more than just a, you know, a chimpanzee with a balloon calling plays, which might actually work out better. Just, uh, Give him one of those Stephen Hawking's. Give the monkey the Stephen Hawking like little thing and let it bang around on the keyboard, say, and you might get better success out of it. Know, but what, what's the saying? Uh, um, uh, you put an infinite number of monkeys in a room and with typewriters, and they eventually will produce the works of William Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> you know the the you know it, it's. You, I think you could probably put two monkeys in a room and just give them a piece of chalk, and they'll design better plays than Matt Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't, um, by the way, but I don't, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to wait until the end of the show for the one percenters for this little announcement okay. that I'm about to make. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I have an annoying thing on my screen. I have to get rid of. OK, now that it's gone. And it wasn't me, by the way, <laughs> just to be clear, wasn't me. Um, I know you're thinking that, but I wasn't me. Um, I am going Sunday. I told you that. And uh -huh. I, I do have an extra ticket. So an if anybody, ticket. I have an extra ticket. Anybody that listens to us. Wants to go to a Steelers game and endure the 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 pure pain that is likely to occur on Sunday, and wants to sit with me. Let me know. Just ping me on whatever, uh, because I'm not going to sell that ticket. I will give it to somebody who wants to go. No okay. cost, zero dollars. Somebody wants to go. All they got to do is talk to me and say <laughs> I want to go. They don't they have, have to talk to, talk to, to you for the game. game. <laughs> game. You don't have to talk to me during the game. You can ignore me the whole game. I'm content with that, right? But you could. You have to sit where my seats are. You don't have any choice about that until you know people leave, and then you can go try and find somebody else's seat if you want. But if you want to go to the game, let me know. Ping me on. And when I say you have to talk to me, you just have to ask. You say you have to be the first one that says I want to go to the game. Direct message me on Twitter or X or whatever the hell that stupid thing is called now. And you get to go to the game. It's that simple. Just let me know. Gotcha. So monkeys and chimpanzees are better than Matt. Banging around. Yeah, better. The chimps and the orangutans and it's orangutans, right? Orangutans, whatever. It's, They're both it's better. It's important to note that when I said that, I did not bring this sign up. <laughs> <laughs> no fresh sarcasm. That's, we actually mean not, it. I believe that monkeys can write better plays than yeah, Matt Yeah, but you've got a banged up Kenny Pickett that's going to give it a go, and he was already limited in practice. How are you going to fire an offensive coordinator and expect to have anything installed and have success in a few short days coming back from a road game, road trip uh, with another defunct plane, whatever that was going on with all of these? Come on, Rooney. Get this team like an actual charter plane. like a, get, Put the Steelers logo on it or something. What? You what? What airline do they use? Delta? Uh, uh, no, it's probably like I was gonna name like Pan American or something. It doesn't exist anymore. Shoot, Pan Am. What, what was what was the Ameri What was the airline in uh, in airplane? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but uh, the one that was in uh, Soul Plane was NWA Airlines. <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, a good yeah. <laughs> that's a, that movie. Um, little cult classic there. Not not quite as well known as Airplane, but uh, anyways, my dude, uh, Kenny Pickett trying to give it a go with a bum knee. Not the time you're going to install something. Then you have a bye week, and you got two full weeks 
to you're not going to overhaul the whole playbook but you can start to make tweaks and at least even with whatever plays you, you change a few routes you do a little few tweaks with that and you could start to build upon that and see what works i i, I could almost surmise that i'm like who called the run plays like against the raiders because those worked a lot better second half against the texans seemed to be a little more semblance of a better football there you had to bring that up and now i have yeah. to rant yeah it's like okay you're running the ball well to the left mm -hmm. right you're, all of a sudden, you're making plays, you're running the ball well to the left, it's third and one, and you're like, uh, you know, the left has been working really well, we've never been able to run to the right, let's try that, because we want to fool them, they are going to be fooled when we yeah, run to the right. Yeah, it's all outsmarting yourselves, and execution of the plays, <laughs> Najee Harris is right, and he was saying this as one of his post-whatever oppressors, but... Let me let me jump back too as far as like Kenny. Okay, I think Kenny got shook a little bit. He played against some uh, rough defenses to start this year. It seems like there's a little bit of panic or paranoia. He's getting the Mitch Trubisky happy feet kind of thing in him in the in year two so far. Settled down a little bit and it was a little bit better. He needs to get back to that, and I don't think he can get back to that unless he could trust that you know Chooks and. Dan Moore, who was on the left now, would be Broderick Jones, that somebody could at least stonewall or maybe Mason Cole could block somebody in front of him. The whole thing's been out of sync. Mason, yeah, Mason's been a very big disappointment. Very big disappointment I mean, and, after and being solid last year. And I won't say above that, the line, but at least solid. Competent. Here's the problem. When you when you when you have this is why the the ads that they've added don't seem to have added up something good right you add the the new guard uh some some i can't pronounce Somalo. so so Malo. yes and you know you take james daniels out of the mix and even you know even though nate herbig was not he he was okay at times but mostly stunk so um and he, but the problem is if you if you are having problems at the heart of your line and you're having problems on the outside of your life. It doesn't matter how good this new guard may or may not be. He's going to look terrible because the line just isn't gelling well. They're not playing well. Same problem on the other side with James Daniels. Once you lose the middle, you know, the, you got problems. So I agree with what you said uh, maybe the last time we talked. And I know that you've said this in, in other circumstances. Center is on the on the board big time in the next draft. Yeah, um, I, I hate jumping around. I don't even like talking draft. We're not even like five games yeah. into this. We're entering the fifth week, yeah. and we're already talking draft. People were talking about trading people and stuff like that. So people are off the Kenny well, train who, already. Who are you, you going to trade? You've got people talking about playing Mason Rudolph. It's like, where the hell were you people three years ago when I was talking about all this? Now all of a sudden people want Todd Haley back. Like the nonsense is you're sending all these other people astray and out the pasture. And then all of a sudden you want them back now. Cause you realize, guess what? The grass wasn't any greener. Tried to tell you, I'm not the kind of guy to say, I told you so, but told you so. So there anyway, is, there is a difference between, between having Le'Veon Bell, mm -hmm. Antonio Brown, Heath Miller, and those kind of guys. That's true as well. And, and having well, who we have right now. Not that I, not that I don't think we have talent both in the running. Najee had some very nice runs, right? Najee looks he's, more Najee-like leading in the that league game. in yards after contact. By the way, well, he has to be because he doesn't have any, doesn't have any time before contact. Right, give him the ball and he gets hit. So he's making most of his yards on his own. I'm not even I'm remotely upset with Najee Harris. Right, I'm not upset with Jalen Warren. 
I'm not really even upset with the receivers other than my normal complaints about the receivers, which is that they quit on plays. And I don't think that they're uh, doing what they need to to really Mm -hmm. protect their quarterback when he may be slightly off with the ball or things of that nature. But that being said, um, I won't won't yell too much uh, at Calvin Austin because he's still acclimating. Mm -hmm. Um, George Pickens is George Pickens um, and Deontay's not around. So, yeah, yeah, but you know, you're. This reminds me of 2012 Pittsburgh Steelers. I know we're supposed to be talking about against the Ravens and stuff. This all fits together. I'll get back to that injury report. We'll show you the TV map too. The, the actual yeah. injury report that we haven't actually shown yet. Yeah, well, I showed it briefly on screen, oh, but did you? I, uh, I, yeah, we started I, jumping into Kenny because Kenny's the big p- focal point of that's, this. Oh, that's right, you did show that. I yeah. remember. Now. Okay. So, I mean, 2012, you had a new offensive coordinator in Todd Haley. You had no run game. You had Ike Redman and R- Rashard Mendenhall was you know bum knee and pretty much on his way out of the league. You had what, uh, Baron Batch or somebody like that, or Jonathan Dwyer. Yeah. Jonathan Dwyer. Jonathan Dwyer. Um, yes. I mean, Antonio Brown hadn't become Antonio Brown yet. Mike Wallace was pouting and looking for a contract around this time. I think actually 2013 was his last year. But you get the point. Like the offensive line, like Marquise Pouncey was a couple years into the league. David DeCastro, um, you know, got a slow start to his career and was finally starting to play. They had just drafted Marcus Gilbert. They were trying to find another tackle with Mike Adams. Um, Ramon Foster had finally become like one of the starting guards undrafted. They found a dude. And, you know, Calvin Beecham ends up being one of the tackles because Adams didn't work out. So it was like, there was still like, you got one piece and you got another piece and you got another piece. But Ben was getting just like obliterated because of Bruce Arians and his play calling and his style of offense and took a ton of sacks. And then they were trying to make Ben into a pocket passer. And it was like a rough go and it wasn't the best fit. And then it eventually came around. The problem is, is I don't see that happening with Matt Canada, but I can see the correlation with the offensive line. And I think the first shoe's going to fall here with Broderick Jones. You don't draft this dude 14th overall to sit on the bench. As we said, now that he yeah. doesn't have to face like the miles Garrett's of the world, the, you know, the Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, anybody like this. You've got the uh, Baltimore Ravens who have basically Jadavian Clowney who was leading the team with one and a half sacks heading into last weekend. I got to see where that's at right now. Um, Kyle Van Noy was signed to help do something because they have absolutely, their pass rush isn't very good. Right. So math, math was Brian. Math's with, uh-oh, uh-oh, math, wait a math, minute. Math, math, math was Brian. One and a half is less than two, but more than one. But after four games, one and a half sacks is less than one sack a game. Yeah, they have more by, now. By a lot. They have more now. <laughs> they got I mean, they they got to um Dorian uh Thompson, the Robinson. Brown, the Brown yeah. rookie guy. Yeah, yeah, UCLA guy. Like DTR, I guess you could call him that. Oh, uh, let's see. How many times did he end up? He got sacked four times in this particular game. Kyle Hamilton's actually more of a force. We got to watch out for him coming uh, safety, coming out of the backfield. Who yeah. got the sacks against the rookie quarterback? Uh, sacks against the rookie quarterback would be Patrick Queen. Uh, okay, so a linebacker. Probably uh, uh, Matt I don't know who that is. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Like for trying to pronounce his name is always like a ch- Justin Matabuke. He's one of the defensive linemen. And then Broderick Washington, who's the other uh, like defensive end. You know, they play like that. Uh, 
All right. Strange, like four well, three. I, kind what of. I was getting at is, I wanted to yeah. know if my maths were still good. Did Jadavian yeah. Clowney get a sack against the rookie quarterback? Uh, Jadavian Clowney did. Did I say four sacks? Where the hell was the other one at on this stat sheet? Hold on a second. Rewind. Nope. Maybe it it said four, but there's only three. Okay, only three then. So that's All it. Right, so yeah. So my maths are still right. It's it's not even a half a sack a game. He's he's not good. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, they're 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 struggling. They're they're struggling to, to find. You know what? They're all awesome. They're awesome because if I say they're not good, all they of don't. a sudden they're gonna have games of lifetimes, and they'll like they're gonna be fourteen sacks, and Jadavian Clowney will have six and take over the sack lead. Right? They're awesome. They're the best defensive line in the football. They are so good. It's unbelievable. They they are the best best of the best. Um. Yeah, I'm just let Bryce stay up there with the fresh sarcasm sign. I was trying to get an actual total. I was trying to see how many times Lamar Jackson's been sacked 11 times. And so the Ravens have had 15 sacks. So, um, yeah, it was Broderick Washington, not our Darius Washington. So, um, I mean, the guy to really watch for, though, when you're looking at them, let's get, we can go back to this injury report real quick. I was going to say, I was going to get into Roquan Smith and how Patrick Queen is not really oh. the the guy there. But, okay, Kenny's back to full practice. Patrick Peterson was rest. Cole Holcomb, full practice after being limited with a back. Dan Moore Jr., DMP, we do not expect him to play with a knee injury this weekend. Isaac Suamalo, day of rest. Chukwoma, core four, elbow, back to full practice after being off Wednesday. Pat Fryermuth, hamstring. Out. One to three weeks concussion protocol for DeMarvin Leal, who was limited. James Daniels still hampered by a groin. That is not a good sign for his participation. DMP for two days. We're hoping to get him back. And Presley Harvin also looks to still be out with a hamstring. Uh, Alex Highsmith then showed up with a groin. If you're going to weather anything, uh, at least you've got somebody that can play. I mean, maybe not to the level of Alex Highsmith, but they've uh, got a couple dudes at least that can jump in there. Marcus Golden and Nick Herbert can play at least. Yeah. So yeah. it's not it's not like when we you know were like Malik uh, Reed, Tuska, or Derek Tuska, Tuska, Derek Tuska's coming, Taco in. Charlton, yeah. or who yeah. else did they pick off the pile? Uh, John Simon. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just not, any warm it's not body that anymore. So, I know. So that's like of the, of the issues that are on there, that's the least concern. Yeah. It's least. still concerning. Don't get me wrong, but it's the least concern. Least concerning. Okay. Uh, Ravens injury report. Uh, Jalen. Uh, well, we got full, full for the first two guys, Jalen armor Davis and Rashad Bateman. Bateman's back to full practice. Both days. Odell Beckham limited both days with an ankle justice Hill limited a uh, foot and hamstring injury. He's the RB two there. If you're uh, curious, Marlon Humphrey returned to practice this week as well. Limited in, uh, both days. Uh, so he might still, he, I, I imagine they want him on the field, and that makes a big difference because their secondary isn't the same without Marlon Humphrey, I surmise. Uh, Morgan Moses was a DMP uh, first day of practice, but uh, limited one of the offensive tackles, as was uh, Ronnie Stanley now back in the stable here, too. He was a full participant. Odafe Owe, a DMP, not looking good for him to play on Sunday, so at least that's like a little bit of something uh, inching in the Steelers' favor. Daryl Worley, uh, a and Darrell Worley's not a starting corner, but uh, DMP uh, both days with the shoulder. 
where do we go? I'm going to stick with the uh, Ravens defense, I guess. Uh, Matabike, Michael Pierce, Broderick Washington. Okay, Odafe Owe, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. They got that um, Owe, usually kind of like the rush guy, or it could be like Clowney, maybe Van Noy, who's been at, at it there. The secondary comprised of uh, Ronald Darby, uh, when healthy Marlon Humphreys or Rakyad Sin, the Jalen Armour Davis is kind of like way down on the list. Their nickel corner you may recognize, Arthur Mallette, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your starting safeties are second-year man Kyle Hamilton and then uh, free safety Marcus Williams. Those are uh, those are some dudes when we're talking about Hamilton was a hell of an athlete that we saw, and when they're using him to blitz, He's uh, he, he'd probably go untouched when it comes to the Steelers offensive line. So they're gonna have to get a hat on him. I'm really hoping James Daniels can be a participant on Friday and get back out there. That would be, that would bode very well. That'd be very big for the Steelers in their offensive line. I feel more confident putting Broderick Jones out on the left. Darnell Washington's going to get more play time with uh, Pat Fryermuth on the oh, shelf for, for yeah, Rodney, yeah. Uh, what Rodney Williams called up from the practice. Squad. I liked him yeah. in training camp. I actually thought they might've actually re-signed Zach Gentry, even in a practice squad and then elevated him uh, in this spot. Cause he would at least have some familiarity and, uh, you know, proven track record or whatever. But my, I, I kind of, I'm inching more towards that um, Rodney's not getting a hat and it's just going to be Washington and Hayward and hopefully knock on wood. Both of those guys stay healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Steelers. Um, <laughs> Signed Denzel Mims, formerly what of the Jets, uh, second round pick. Uh, round pick? I'm trying to remember where Denzel Mims, uh, but that was another uh, transaction during the week. Uh, I think they're still looking for something to happen here as far as their kick return guys. But talking about that with yeah, second round pick of the Jets, 2020, he was pick 59 overall. So he's speedster, six three two zero seven, and they'll try and get him maybe up to speed to do some things, but um. What kind of changes? You know, Mike Tomlin was going to make all these changes, and then what did he do? And then silently, the depth chart saw some uh, some small little tweaks. Okay, you've got uh, some co-starters in the defense. Keanu Benton is named as a co-starter here with uh, DeMarvin Leal. Okay, Montrevious Adams is still listed as a starting nose tackle, but Benton's been getting pushed. He's been getting there. I think you pair him with Okunjobi, it's a good move because I don't think they know what they want to do with Leal yet. I saw Leal like line up out, out on the yeah. edge as an outside linebacker last game, uh, probably just because they were trying to get somebody who could stop the run. And uh, Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander listed as the, and then of course Quan's listed as a co with Elandon uh, Roberts. I don't think that was any major change. I do expect to see all three of these guys on the field at the same time with some hint or mix of Mark Robinson, who did play a little bit more in these last couple of games too, because this is the way they just Mandalorian talk here. This is the way that they will try and uh, contain Lamar Jackson. I almost think they should just go to a 4-3 in some cases, even though uh, Watt and Highsmith would not be traditional defensive end right. just by prototype, their frame, and everything. They're going to be stand-up guys versus hand in the dirt. And uh, wait, there was one more, uh, I thought. Oh, yeah, Desmond King named here uh, split with Chandon Sullivan. I couldn't even tell you if Chandon Sullivan's been on the field. Like, I don't know if he's just getting trucked or doing his job or whatever. It's been very quiet. Well, generally speaking, if yeah. we haven't heard his name, he's Usually. probably been okay. But um, we don't but know. Who knows? It's, it's impossible to tell because you got guys in almost every game just one, running around wide open. Um, and I, don't, mm -hmm. I, I we need to get JP out on the field. Yeah, I think that's going to be what your changes are 
finally get these rookies on the field. Benton's going to see half or more of the playing time. Can Porter play against the run? I think that's the, like, everybody throws around his pass stats. You're putting him out there in obvious passing down situations. That's the reason he's been playing, and he's been good because he doesn't have to guess if he needs covered. Now, what happens if he starts cheating up for a run or as a play action, he gets torched? That's not going to look very good. Maybe no. these are some of the rookie kinks that they're still working out. So that that's where I've been. But yes, he's been better than anything else. You cannot count on Levi Wallace or Patrick Peterson to be a cornerback one on this team. You've no, got to get a guy like no that out there. Ones. Yeah, right now we do not have a CB. Yeah, no, and you're we hoping have, we have many CB threes. Yeah, you're <laughs> yeah you're hoping that at least Porter can ascend can into that, that yeah into that lockdown corner role. Um, yeah, Shannon Sullivan hasn't played a whole lot. He had 18 and then 21 snaps the last two games. He played more against the Browns, actually. He had 47 snaps, which is about 54% of that game, more special teams. But Desmond King, kind of a proven commodity as a nickel guy, and maybe he could be. You haven't seen a whole lot. We haven't seen a lot of blitzing. Like, it's just been, let's just keep the four guys up front, keep their motor running, except for the one with Mika, and then he gets dinged for a penalty that probably wasn't. Well, I think Holcomb so, had one. Um, yeah, that, that, it's been Leonard, far and few between, I think. Here's the problem. When they have done it, it hasn't, for the most part, it hasn't been very good, right? I've seen a Landon Roberts blitz and, and get stuffed. I've seen Holcomb blitz and get stuffed. I have seen, uh, you know, guys from the secondary blitz and not get there. But I do think you're you're absolutely right. It is it is small, right? The, the sample size of any kind of external blitzing, adding another player has been small. They've been trying to get to the quarterback with four. And in some cases, like the Raiders game, they've done well with this. Mm -hmm. Then you have you know, a game like the Houston game where they didn't get a sniff. So Yeah, I'm uh I'm hundred percent with you on that one. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough and it'll be even tougher if the Ravens draw yet another backup. And let's say there's a setback with Kenny and Mitch Trubisky has to go. It seems to be the case that one or both of these teams ends up with a backup quarterback when they've been facing each other the last several years. If, if, if Mitch has to play, um, pack your bags. I, you know, yeah. I mean, if Mitch has to play, it's not going to go well. No, they're just gonna, they'll have nine in the box. <laughs> yeah, they're like, go ahead, go um, ahead, try, try and try and beat us with Mitch Trubisky. We dare you. Yeah, let me, let me, let me uh, tell you that the Steelers actually lead this series thirty-three to twenty-five. They have a nineteen to twelve edge at home, although uh, they lost the last of those games aforementioned with Mitch Trubisky. That was 16-14. Steelers won on the road last year, January 1st, New Year's Day in Baltimore, 16-13. That's the way these games usually go. Steelers actually lead this uh, series 14-13 in Baltimore too, believe it or not. Uh, I do. Yeah. I, well, I mean, well, I'm telling you, I don't make, I don't pull these out of my posterior. You know, I, what I, mean? I, I would have said they were leading the series. They, they, they win were too much. leading the series. Um, Mike Tomlin is 17 and 15 against Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh is 14 and 16 against the Steelers. I mean, that's pretty even, Steven, when you're trying to compare the two coaches together. And both these guys draw similar uh, criticism as to whether or not, you know, they, When's their last playoff games? How much success have they had in the last decade, et cetera, et cetera? So they're kind of the old guard here. You got to, uh, this is a Sunday game, October 8th coming up, one o'clock. 
CBS, KDKA, local TV, that's Acrisure Stadium, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you're listening on the old X, Sirius and XM radio, it's 82 on Sirius, 228 on XM, 826 on the radio. And also uh, ESPN Radio has the call with Steve Levy and Sal Pal Antonio. CBS call with Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, and Evan Washburn. It's a pretty good crew. Reason being is uh, I still have maths with Brian up. Get it, get oh. the, there we go. There we- Everything in the red, folks, you're more than likely if you uh, have a television and you get a CBS station locally, this is going to be the game that you will receive. So outside of some areas like, you know, uh, down in the south, uh, going through like Georgia and stuff like that. Explain (laughs) the Jacksonville area to me. Uh, I can't, I can't necessarily. I don't know when their game is. I I didn't look at anybody else's schedules there and I don't know what the other. Miami's not playing like there's not a Florida team playing the Buccaneers, Miami, Jacksonville in that time slot. Yeah. (laughs) There's not somebody in their division that's playing. I don't know. Like that little slide slice on the East coast of Florida is like, Oh, nope. Got to show the Steelers Ravens. (laughs) I get every place else. Right. But that one little slice, it's like, why'd you decide to do that? Yeah, there's some that still consider certain areas like a secondary market. Believe it, in my old stomping grounds in Youngstown, Ohio, is Northeast Ohio. The Steelers actually took precedence over the Cleveland Browns last week against the Baltimore Ravens, Browns Ravens, and they got bumped for Steelers Texans as the local game. This uh, is as it, this is, is the hilarious. way. There you yeah. go. This there that is the way. And, and it has to do with like uh, somebody being on the road and all these other like weird factors it, it, as it was, it was explained, a local television station was getting like hate mail in Youngstown for carrying the Steelers over the Browns. And if anybody's in, been in that area or familiar, like, you know, it's a 50, 50 splits. Why I got the house divided sign. that's over here. The other half is Browns, but I don't want that crap showing up on video. So uh, anyways, um, <laughs> the Steelers are one and one at home right now. Uh, Ravens are two and zero on the road. Uh, Ravens are three and one against the spread so far this season. I went through all of the other uh, metrics of this game as far as uh, you know rankings and whatnot, offensive and defensively. But the Steelers are still uh, ninth with a plus three takeaway differential. And then you've got the Baltimore uh, Ravens just sitting even, Steven, and they're fifteenth overall. They have a zero. They're not plus or minus. Uh, negative. Did you know Kenny Pickett has um, no interceptions thrown in four of his five career starts against the AFC North? So that's something that's kind of an interesting statistic. He leads the Steelers, obviously, with 689 yards passing and four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson is the counterpart with 794, also four touchdowns thrown. Kind of interesting. George Pickens leads the Steelers with three re- 13 receptions for 238 yards and a touchdown. Zay Flowers, the rookie, the outstanding rookie for the Baltimore Ravens that we'll talk about in a moment here has 24 catches for 244 yards so he doesn't quite have the yak that George Pickens has your leading rushers are Najee Harris with 35 for 139 he has not scored on the ground just yet this season Lamar Jackson 41 carries he's carried the ball more times than Najee has leads his team with 220 yards and four touchdowns on the ground so he has there's a reason that he's been called a running back yeah you know like I'm sorry you know you're gonna run 41 times you're a running back uh, 41 times in four games. I mean, that's, um, you know, he's, that's 10, 10 times ta- a game, 10 carries. I mean, that's more than there you go. Mass with Brian, 10, 10, 10 <laughs> times a game and one extra that just, you know, because just, just because, well, aren't you yeah. generous? He's just giving him the Baker's dozen here. 
So uh, Steelers defense against that Baltimore offense. Receivers, Odell Beckham may or may not be out there, but Zay Flowers, I think Rashad Bateman helps him. They have Nelson Aguilar. They still have Devin Duvernay, who's done some damage. He's mostly like a special teams guy. You're going to have to watch him in the return game. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill banged up. I don't know. Um, they still have, is he on the? He they got on? that tight end, right? Well, well, tight end who on, is, well used well, to be their number one receiver. He is the number one receiver with Mark Andrews. But I was going yeah. to say, um, I almost said Melvin Ingram. Melvin Gordon was on their practice squad, could be elevated, veteran player. And I was going to be like, I, I, I could have swore he was on the, um, the regular roster. And I'm going to look at that. Melvin Gordon still on the practice squad. They have Kenyon Drake as well, if you remember him. And he's been around the league here or there. So they, they got a couple veteran bodies of Justin Hill can't make it can't be there. They can always sign these guys and make it make a transaction before the weekend if they needed to. Uh, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how they end up handling some of this from the run games perspective. Of course, yes, they have uh, Mark Andrews, a fantastic tight end, one of the top guys in the league. And backing him up also is a pretty promising second-year player in Isaiah Likely. Their offensive lineman, Tyler Linderbaum, second-year player out of Iowa, is in the middle, flanked by guards Kevin Zeitler and John Simpson. And then the tackles would be Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley if those two guys are healthy. If not, their backups happen to be Patrick McCarry and Daniel Falale. So that guy that weighs like 400 pounds. <laughs> so they, they got some, they got a couple guys that got some depth there. Ben Cleveland also experienced a guy uh, is a backup guard. If they, if they need some help in that area, it certainly kind of looks better than what the Steelers are looking at. But then defensively, you got to hope that you know, moving Benton uh, into importer into more active roles, even more so like some of the people that do some of this stuff, even better than us, Brian, maybe more X's and O's guys tend to still like what the inside linebackers have been doing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and haven't been placing a lot of blame on them. It's been a lot of the secondary that hasn't lived up to the hype secondary minus make Fitzpatrick, I shall say. Um, yeah. and, and you know, we were still worried Keanu Neal. I actually heard somebody mention Terrell Edmonds and whether or not Terrell Edmonds and losing him, uh, was a big deal. And, um, he's not we, really... said it, we said it was a big, was it big? No, it was it a loss. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But Keanu Neal, uh, it's the reason he's bounced around the league. Casey, Casey's got more splash to his game, but they're doing this weird thing with using both of them. And they're still both listed as the hybrids there. Just got to hope that something clicks. Ravens getting healthy. Does not click. Does not no, seem that's well not helpful. Steelers. And it's let me tell you, well. we don't want to see this game end up where the Steelers get the ball first, go three and out. Kenny looks not sharp. And all of a sudden the Ravens come in and any sort of number of things happen. They have a long drive where yeah. this defense out on the very first drive, eight to 10 plays, 70 plus yards, any kind of big plays. And, and then all of a sudden, I think it like, it starts to get mentally tough for a team like this, that. Why would you say this if you're a coach, but you say they're not built? Well, I said they're not. Like, I said they're not built to come from behind. They yeah, aren't. But this clear. guy gets paid. They're barely built to get ahead. <laughs> but, right? So they're clearly not built to come from behind. You're right. The point being, this moron should not be saying that because that, A, that just detracts from any any potential confidence the team has. Oh, by the way, we're down 14, and we're, so we're we're screwed. I'm just going to say the F-bomb, but I, I 
I stopped it. We're screwed. And we're not, you know, we oh, we're not built to come from behind. So we we may as well all just stop playing now. Right? Yeah. I'm like, you can't as the coach, you can't come out and say that. That should have been enough to go goodbye, you idiot. <laughs> I, I I kid you not. Um, I think you gotta have some AFC North Smash Mouth football. It's gonna be a cooler day. Sunday is supposed to be in the mid fifties, no longer shorts weather. So let's get down to business. It's a still a home game. People still hate the Ravens. Now here's where I'm worried, Brian. I've, I, I have my pulse on like hotel prices and looking at what people might be paying to come from out of town. There are rooms going for a grand or more easily downtown Pittsburgh. There are tickets that are in a, a, a pretty good Northern kind of stratosphere for a game where the Steelers aren't looking so good, there are, are people selling their tickets. There's going to be Bravens fans there, maybe more than no, you're accustomed that's, to. That's that's the only thing I'm going to say. If you are a Ravens fan and you've listened to the show and you want to come to the game and you ping me and go, I'd like to come, can I come with you? The answer is no. <laughs> no, you can't come. I'm not giving the ticket to a Ravens fan. That's out. <laughs> gotcha gotcha well that's uh, good for you man because like there have been there were more cleveland fans than i'd seen in years in well, nobody, Pittsburgh week no two. cleveland fans were sitting in my seats and you know how i know that because nobody bought them <laughs> yeah well you got a little bit of that you know i should talk to you a little bit more often about some of this anything else you want to add to this i think we beat a dead horse there's not i don't want to be a broken record there's not much more to add I, I'm, I'm because just i don't say feel too confident this, about this game yeah. I don't expect the Steelers to get a victory in this game. I will not be stunned if they pull one off because it's AFC North football, right? It, when the when AFC North, when it's Steelers-Browns, Steelers-Ravens, maybe this year Steelers-Bengals because of how bad they are, but not, maybe not the last couple of years. When it's Steelers-Browns, Steelers-Ravens, it's all up in the air. The worst team of that group can still win because it's just nasty football. Right. So I'm not going to be stunned if they win, but I don't expect them to. Well said, my friend. We'll see what ends up happening. Last week against the Cleveland Browns, Lamar Jackson, just throw this one out there 15 and 19. Didn't even have 20 pass attempts. 186 yards, two touchdowns. Still got sacked three times. He had 142 and a half rating. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 19 to 36. He had a 25.3 rating. Threw away the ball three times, three interceptions. Uh, Steelers win the turnover battle and they could force some turnovers from Lamar Jackson or any of these running backs like Justin Hill. That, that Gus is Edwards. how they can win this game. That's It's going to be very similar to what you saw maybe against Cleveland Browns. Maybe they could break a big play here or there. And then uh, all I could say is, is that um, like find like, um, I don't know, like a dog bone, a piece of wood, like something you can gnaw and you put on your mouth. Like they give you in the nut house, you know, and just, Try and make it through this game, and then we'll see what happens after uh, beyond the horizon of the bye okay. week. Don't eat your terrible towel, though. No, do not eat terrible towels. No. They don't taste. So, they taste terrible. Well, especially if it's a dirty one, you know. <laughs> okay, I think have I asked you this one before, or was this um, when the girlfriend asked, like, if somebody washed her towel, and if that's like a a bad uh, superstition? Nobody ever washes my towels. I have I have a mix, but here's the problem, right? Here's the problem. I tend to buy a towel every time I'm there. Do you really? I do. I don't have a lucky, terrible towel that I bring to every game. Is it because you forget and then you have to go buy one because you need one? 
Yes. So that has become the tradition. <laughs> the tradition is I always buy a terrible towel every time I'm there, which is why I have like 9,000 terrible towels lying around in here. Um, but I don't have a lucky terrible towel. If I take one and they win, I'll have to make it a lucky terrible towel, right? Which means I can't buy one of the one of the breast cancer ones as the towel I'm going to use because that can't be the one I take to every game. The pink ones. Well, yeah. you see there's two different shades of pink. They, these are ones yes. they've actually given out over the years. Yep. And so I'm still trying to figure out who the sponsor is. So I tried to flip them around. Maybe like Ford isn't a sponsor anymore. And I, I like I like the fact around. that it used to be the most important catch as opposed to crucial catch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it's a big uh, kind of deal. There's been a lot of pink. Oh, I should have put pink down in the, the the Steel City Underground logo. I didn't think to do that on the podcast. It's over on the website and on the social medias and stuff. My mother, a breast cancer uh, survivor, early detection kind of survivor. So uh, absolutely. That awareness is very important and very important to me. I may even wear... I do not like the crucial catch hats though. I don't know what's going on with those. Those look like a like, bad, like Olin Mills background eighties photo, like background. Don't, don't make me get the uncle James picture out again. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, I look, I fully support the whole breast cancer awareness thing. I own some of the pink towels. I probably own some other pinky things. I cannot wear anything pink. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't pull off pink. I just can't. Okay. I black. That's what I wear. I wear black. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, you can wear what I'm wearing. Just head on over to steelcityunderground.com slash shop and take a look at all the places we sell shirts, including on Amazon and T public. That's where um you can get this little retro styled techno bowl type shirt. No, buy the one that, that says that grown ass man. Uh, yeah, we have one of those too. A little bit fuller of a shot. Can't get the whole thing in there. Anyways, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, love us, rate us, review us, don't boo us. And that'll do about everything uh, for this show. I'm going to put a bow on this. My name's Joe and his name's Brian. I mean, here we go. Week five. Uh, not really, you know, when we made these predictions, I think we had them at four and one heading into the bye. Three and two would be okay with me. I don't oh. see it happening. Can, but. Can, look, if they end up three and two at the bye after the football that we have seen, it's a miracle. It's a, you know, I look, I don't know how they won the two games they won. I just don't like the, that's what I mean. The, the, the Raiders must be just ungodly awful. Um, I mean, the Cleveland game, look, is a fluke. It, it's again, it's what I said. It's AFC North football defense scores twice. And you win. It's hard to lose a game if your defense scores twice, right? <laughs> it just is. But yeah. you know, that's that's what's that's the very definition of a lucky game, right? You got lucky. The defense came up with some splash plays that you can't count on that ever to be your savior. Um, so if they manage to get through these five games as bad as they've looked at two at three and two. Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. And I still believe the Matt Canada decisions already been made. And if it does, they've got some post buy, maybe get rights coming. They do have another West coast trip, but at least a buy before it. Uh, so they're getting all of this travel out, like right out the gate. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, the, 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 the way the Rams trips. are playing, that's a that's a nasty game right there. Yeah, that could be a nasty game, but I'm looking at Jacksonville hasn't been so hot as of late. Tennessee Titans are a very inconsistent team, as are the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So you got and all three of those are at home before you travel to Cleveland and Cincinnati for some more division games. And you'll already be to Thanksgiving and you will know whether or not this team is still in the mix. So until then, folks, my name's Joe. His name's Brian. We encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good. And we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 